0: <laughs> Where do you come up with this shit? There it is. Nine minutes later. <laughs> a little AS, a, a, ASMR there, Adam. <laughs> I know that's you. I can't see it on the screen, but I know it's you. You can it hear, it. Yeah, I'm, I'm
1: yeah, to, hear it. Yeah, I mean, I can hear it,
0: but I couldn't see the waveform. Let I'm used me to ask Discord.
2: Question Was question. that one actually slow or did you design that one to be that way? Because that sounds like a very Adam esque thing to do.
1: <laughs> no, it's fucking Zencaster slowed That's, it down again.
0: That is so weird. You should email them, honestly, and be like, what? Why? <laughs> Just what? What is it doing?
1: So I think if I use a wave, which everyone would use. Mm hmm. That it slows it down. And if I use an MP3, it doesn't slow it down.
0: Well, while Wave is definitely the better um, format, I bet more people use MP3 because they're familiar with it. It's condensed. Yeah. Um, sometimes better isn't always sometimes popular. Sometimes better isn't better. Yeah. And, and popular is not always better. You know, Adam and I have had this conversation with music that. You know, there's so many like underground artists and stuff that are so much more talented, but for whatever reason, they don't click uh, with people. And then you get the um, the folks that are super popular, and it's kind of trash. It's like I was um, thinking about Spanish this.
1: The... Hmm? I was I was thinking about this the other day, right? So if you have a person who's <laughs> capable of something, right, and they're really good at it but their work ethic is ass and the way that they (laughs) do their job is ass or whatever. Like we, we met the guy who like can do their job and won't like, they're just an asshole. Then it doesn't do much good. And I, I think that's kind of the case with like music too. Like someone can be talented and just be really bad at like actually making music and sure. Marketing themselves and doing the things that it takes to, you know, be famous. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then you get the people, it's kind of like the Bukowski saying where, you know, dumb people are full of confidence and smart people are full of doubt. Bukowski, you know?
1: isn't that when like a bunch of people jerk off on a woman's face? Yeah, it's a Charles Bukowski. Yeah, that's what I thought and it was.
0: It's, there's a whole porn genre for that. I've uh, I've I'm always sh- been complimented or, or considered a decent musician, but I have very little confidence in that realm of my life. And so I don't ever do anything with it. The same has gone for, for my photography, for my writing. I, I get compliments and I've had, even academically, I've had people tell me, hey, you're good at this, but I just have no confidence with it. And I, at the same time, I see people that are not very good, but they're very confident <laughs> and they do tend to be a, a snooch more successful.
1: Yeah, I think um like talent is a part of the equation, but I think it's not even like the biggest part.
0: I think you are exactly right about that. Um I think too what people don't realize is that a lot of these artists that are, you know, ultra talented or or I'm sorry, ultra successful, uh if you go back, they've been doing it since they were children. People like Taylor Swift and Uh, Bieber and stuff like that. You can hate them on all, all you want, but they've been in that lifestyle and doing that since they were children. You know, my niece, Sarah is, uh, she's a producer, phenomenal musician, singer, very talented. She's done some work with uh, uh, the guitar player from collective soul, whose name I can't remember off the top of my head, but she's been doing this. She's been playing piano. I shit you not. Since she's like three, four years old, you know, and it's, I think when you grow up in it like that, it becomes second nature and that brings confidence with it because of the familiarity with it. You know, I was late teens before I ever, I think I was like 17, 16 or 17 before I ever really picked up a guitar and started dinking, you know, so...
1: (laughs) States. Started doing what?
0: Dinking, dinking around. What are you doing, man? I'm just fucking dinking around.
2: Uh, that was a thing back in Alabama. Uh, dinking ISP. That when somebody was messing with something, they were dinking with it. Dinking with it. Yeah, I've said. <laughs> God, I've
0: said that since I was a. Yeah, again, since I was a teenager. Like, uh, I'm just fucking dinking around. I'm
1: dinking, yeah. dude. Noodling dinkin'. over here. Straight
0: dinking, bruh. Straight dinking. So.
1: <laughs> Gotta fit that into a verse at some point.
0: I would like that. I me and my boys
1: that. roll up on the block, block straight dinking.
0: Straight dinking. Dinkin, bro. <laughs> dinking. So I saw a video the other day and I was I wanted to talk about this because it reminded me of Doug. It reminded me of Doug, and then it really kind of exploded into a into a thought process that, that went way deeper than most of my thoughts of, of Doug do. Um, usually I'm thinking about Doug and then I nut and then I don't think about him anymore. So, uh,
2: yeah, this totally isn't disturbing at all. (laughs) Hi Doug.
0: Um, ever since I've known Doug, I've known Doug, what, probably about 12 years now, 10, 12 years, something like that. And, uh, I've, I've always kind of given Doug a hard time because since I've known him, he's never been one much for dating, right? And when I was married, especially, I had that, I had that married guy syndrome and women have this too, where we think everyone should be in a relationship.
1: That's a kid's thing too. Women do that with kids. Why don't you have kids yet? I Um, like to have all my money, lady. Go away. (laughs) I like money and freedom.
0: (laughs) Um, And so I've always given him a hard time about it, right? And Doug is Doug. And he's just like, fuck you, Dan. I don't care what you think. And I'm like, cool. But... Um, I saw a video the other day and this guy says, you know, I have been single for so long and I have created such a good relationship with myself that if a woman is going to come into my life and make me change that focus, you know, she's going to have to be special like this chick's going to have to be special. And in, and in Doug language, I thought to myself, this bitch is going to have to roll up with a really pretty bow tied on her unicorn horn, you know, <laughs> go. <Bingo. laughs> and it, and, and the reason that this was interesting to me is that it really made something click for me too. And you hear this all the time, but I guess for some reason, this really, all of this kind of came together for me. And that is, is if you are not happy with yourself, because the last few women that I have dated or been interested in at all, um, I go in head first and, and I'm um, I'm honest and I'm straightforward and I, and I just, you know, I want to be in a relationship. I'm a sucker. All of these women that I have been fucking around with over the last couple of years, they've just not wanted to be alone anymore, you know? And because of that, they're disingenuous and they're phony and they're using me to distract themselves from boredom while they look for other people, etc. And it made me realize that If you're, if that's what you're doing, you're never going to be happy because you're, you're just not, you're, you're trying so hard to alleviate loneliness and boredom that you're not really paying attention to what you want in a relationship. So I think Doug actually has been doing it right for many years. Does Doug get lonely and sad? Of course he does. He's a human fucking being, but that doesn't make him go out. And he's smart enough that that doesn't make him go out and just like, find someone to not be lonely anymore because then doug would be miserable oh yeah (laughs) and miserable sucks so much more than lonely but all of this came together for me like this guy's video and i immediately made me think of doug and i was like fuck you know doug's been right this whole time in that yeah i'm lonely dan you know i get i get sad and and sometimes i want to be in a relationship but that if I go out and I, he said, we had this conversation. He said, you know, if I go out and I just find somebody, I'm going to wind up with somebody like my ex. (laughs) I'm like, Oh, so, and I get that. So I guess my, my point is just that if you really need to stop and think about one, why you want to be in a relationship, like if it's just because you're lonely and two, it's about building that relationship with yourself, be good to yourself and make it to where, that that bow on the unicorn horn has to exist, right? And if they don't have a bow on their unicorn horn, you just pass them the fuck up.
2: Yeah, uh, I mean, the pathology with me, because I had a, you know, it, I, I married really young, uh, had a kid. And if you would have asked me what I wanted in high school out of life, I would have told you, I wanted to have a wife, two kids, house, and if everything went really swimmingly well, an airplane that I could fly around on the weekends. That is the most goddamn Doug thing I've ever heard. (laughs) So when my marriage fell apart, uh, it left a gigantic hole in me. Uh, And after I got divorced, I tried to... You know, it was like I was depressed and then someone would show some interest. So I would try to fill that hole with other people. And you can never, ever fill that hole with other people. So I literally went through a 10-year cycle after my divorce. I should have been in therapy. I should have thought prof- uh, uh, sought professional help. I just didn't. Um, you know, I sat... Alone with my thoughts, I, you know, it was not the healthiest thing at all. And uh, I was going through women like I was looking for the magic toy at the bottom of the toy box. You know, pull one out. And, <laughs> you know, nope. And then you pull the next one out. You're like, no. Nope. Then you pull uh-huh. the next one out. You're like, nope. And uh, I had no self esteem. I had no sense of self worth. Uh, if, uh, there was a lady that wanted to sleep with me, I would sleep with her just to be friendly. I mean, not even like I want to sleep with this person. It was like, eh, I might as well fuck them, you know, uh, that, that, <laughs> right. that, that, was, <laughs> okay. Eh. It's Thursday. <sighs> fuck it. You know, I, I treated it with the, uh, you know, the same care that, you know, somebody said. Uh, I'm kind of hungry. Well, I'll make you a sandwich. I mean, it was literally that, you know, they have a need. I'll just go ahead and fill it. Right.
0: No real connection. No, you know, nothing uh, special. And the thing is, is that sex is better when it's with somebody that you like. Well,
2: that's when I figured out that I just can't go out and just have sex because During all of this particular time period, afterwards, after I had sex with a person, literally just to be friendly, I felt horrible about myself. I mean, it was just a giant pit of depression. And then I was like, wait a second, I have got to stop all of this. And it was like the only way that... I can get out of this hole is to remove the dating from the equation. So I removed the dating from the equation and literally just worked on myself for years. And then three years later, four years later, you know, because like I said, I should have been going to therapy all this time. Yeah. Shit would have happened a lot quicker. <laughs> so, um, you know, three, four years later, I got my feet really up under me. My self-esteem was good. I felt good about myself. And then what I discovered is once I got in a place where I was okay with myself, that I really didn't have to be in a relationship. Mm -hmm. And then that was the funny part because like when I got to that point, literally everyone around me is like, you need a woman. You need a woman. You need a woman. I'm like, no, I don't. It's like, you know, it's like every once in a while I'd be like, you know, I probably need to go out and, you know, and then I would go out and I would start dating somebody. And there was, there was one that had a lot of promise. I mean, a lot of promise. But we wound up being better friends than anything else. Mm-hmm. It it just did not go down that route, no matter right. how much I wanted it to. And unless I've got somebody that we're just fucking peas and carrots, Jack and Jill, peanut butter and jelly, I don't see anything <laughs> fucking happening <laughs> between, you know, now and uh you know, time for me to kick the fucking bucket, and people will say, well, who's going to take you to the doctor when you get old? Uber. you know. Uber. <laughs> I'll take you to the
0: doctor, Doug. I'll it, take you to the doctor.
2: It's like, if you have a heart attack, what are you going to do? At that point, I'm going to have a fucking life alert. Right. You
0: know? <laughs> I would take either one of you to any doctor's appointments that you needed to go to, man. You know, I appreciate yeah, it. When
1: I get old, Dan, I want you to take me to the doctor.
0: Absolutely. The problem with that is, is I'm what? I got fucking 20 years on you <laughs> so I'll get a, so, a
1: Ouija board out and ask you directions. Yeah,
0: chances. Chances are this, the, the roles are going to be reversed on that one, buddy. I'm just saying.
1: <laughs> so no, Do doubt you, I, I don't get it. If you marry someone, they'll be about the same age and yeah, then they'll be in just as shitty health as you. And then,
0: and I think that's the fear is that as you get older, you don't want to be alone. But look, I chose not to have kids and, there's nobody that's going to take care of me as far as like that kind of stuff goes. I've made my peace with that, you know. Um, but you're right. We, I, I had a little old couple that lived next to me when I first moved in here. They had been here like 10 years. He was in his 90s, mid-90s. Guy got around fucking better than I am right now. And uh, she was in her 80s, I think. He used to tell me all the time. He'd say, yeah, robbed the cradle back in, you know, like 1876 when they were fucking <laughs> when they met on the stagecoach, coach. Um, but they were, they were a great little couple.
1: Met on the Mayflower. They, <laughs> exactly.
0: And it was cute because they would, uh, when they'd go anywhere, he would have to back their, their car in and out of the garage. And then she would drive. Like she couldn't get in and out of the garage, but he couldn't drive. You know, and it, it was cute <laughs> to watch. It really was. And you look at that and you think, yeah, I understand, you know, why people want to be in a relationship, but I think you'd like to go back to, to Doug is that the thing is though, Doug, is that you, you've been in a, a good relationship with yourself, meaning like you said, you got through your shit, you worked on yourself, you figured your stuff out. And now that you're there, it's going to take someone very special to make you break up with yourself and kind of, you know, put that energy and time into them. And, After all the years of me giving you shit that I have, I have to apologize and tell you that you are right. You, I think, have got a better handle on it than a lot of people. And I have been in therapy the last several months, and it's been very intensive. Even my therapist has said, you know, someone coming in here and doing EMDR weekly like you have been doing is unusual because of the way that it fucks with your head. And I assure you, it has been fucking with my head. Um, I call it churning dirt because that's what it feels like. It's like we're looking for dead bodies and we are finding them. And the changes that I am noticing uh, have been paradigm shifting and it's fucking incredible. But it is one of the reasons that my head has gone to where it is. Because I have been that, that guy in the toy box but I've been one of the toys and I, it happens to me a lot. Right. And you guys know, I'm very, what's the common denominator type person. Like all of these people have one thing in common and it's been me the entire time. And it's because I've been, I've been putting myself out there not wanting to be lonely and I go in and I'm dumb. I'm like a fucking puppy with his tail wag like, yay, a relationship. And they're just like, I'm bored, you know? <laughs> That's my fault. Not theirs. I mean, yeah, they're assholes. Like, you know, the one was a fucking narcissistic sociopath. The one before that was the human equivalent of Eeyore. Uh, the last one, like I said, was just alleviating boredom while they found somebody else, et cetera. So, but again, I've well, done this to bitter. myself. I am. Well, you're no, not I'm bitter. I'm not actually, you know, I'm not, I'm not bitter because I'm not mad at any of them. Like, because there, there are lots of shitty people out there, Adam. And I can't do anything about that. But I, I can actually, I can stay the fuck away from them. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, <laughs> think people that are kind of like wasting time till they find someone that they really want. I don't think they even realize that. So I'm not, I, it's hard. To, I it's think, hard to be mad at somebody like that. Cause I don't, I think they're tricking their self too. I agree.
0: And that's why I'm not particularly, I mean, you get mad like the, the whole narcissistic sociopath thing. That there's some shit that goes deep way back because of my mom, but okay. Oedipus. Um, but it's, there was some anger there because I think I let myself not see something. Right. So I think I was more mad at myself, but when I really think about it, I kind of feel bad for them because of what you just said. They don't realize how fucked up they are. And they don't realize that they're reliving the same trauma over and over and over again, and they will never be happy. And this person listening to her talk, she's never been in a good relationship. Um, and I'm she's been married like three times and and et cetera. And it's like, well, yeah, because you 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 keep falling into this and you refuse to see, you know what's going on. So you're right. Sometimes shitty people don't realize that they're shitty people. You know, they just don't. And that, Yeah,
1: they're doing their best. Well,
2: it's that A lot of times. Pr- prince, princess syndrome. You know, people grow up with a lot of this uh, Disney shit. Yeah. You know, there's a knight in shining armor and a princess that needs to be rescued. And then once they find each other, everything's fucking great, fine, happy, yeah. and dandy. Women are groomed into that. Like, I feel bad for women because... They are it's not that it's it's not just women. Um, but you know, a lot of a lot of guys are you know stepping back and starting to second guess some of this stuff. But that's why you hear me often talk about uh Venn diagrams, because you know, I want someone you know, I don't want to fuck myself, but you know, as far as like <laughs> mentally I want someone that is that in that same, okay, I am totally cool with myself. I have my own good relationship with myself. I have my own life. I have my own things to do. And I want a Venn diagram where circles overlap just a little bit. And (laughs) and And in that overlap area, that's cool and the problem that I run into is when I go out and I find somebody that's interesting and, you know, in the beginning, any new relationship, yeah, we've had the, you know, I breathe air, you breathe air. I like pizza. You like pizza. I like to fuck. You like to fuck. You know, you're, you're, you're in that state. We're in love. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, and the problem is, is, when we, you know, it's like I get in a relationship and then sex is introduced to it, what happens is in the very beginning, it's sort of what I'm looking for. We're getting that just that little bit of overlap and it's good. Yeah. And and as soon as we introduce sex into it, yeah. Then, though, it, you you there is no difference between the two circles. One nope. circle hops on top of the other. <laughs> then the Venn diagram is just a circle. It's just a circle. <laughs> it's just
0: a circle. You know, I am convinced that that's why my ex-wife and I did get along for 15 years. Is that I was I was living in Columbus, Ohio, and she lived in a little town called Bruce, Mississippi, which is near Tupelo. That's like the closest thing that it has, which is where Elvis is from. And we met online. And so, of course, we didn't meet each other for months and months, right? And so there was no sex. And I am convinced that there was some benefit to that, just for what you said, Doug. Our circles could not overlap until we had had time to talk and get to know each other for real. and. I think that had a lot to do with why we, we actually had established a relationship, a real friendship before we had sex. And then we discovered we actually were very, you know, compatible there too. And was like, Woo-hoo! Um, and I have like a strange, like now I don't know. I'm kind of in, I'm, I'm torn between two thought processes. One, let's just have sex as soon as possible and see if, after I have sex with you, I still want to hang out with you. <laughs> like, cause if I do maybe, but then part of me thinks maybe I should go like the old chivalry route and just go like, you know, dates upon dates without having sex with the person. But then I know me and I know that I am not going to do that most likely. So <laughs> but, the
1: blood is elsewhere. It's not in yeah, your brain. Exactly. The old yeah. two
0: heads, only enough blood to run one at a time. And, but I, The thing is, is I agree completely, is that once you have sex, it does. It feels like that Venn diagram because I I actually I I fully understand what Doug is saying with that. And it's what I'm looking for. And it's and I run into roadblocks. I I said, I want to find a woman that has her own life and is doing her own thing and just every now and again wants to spend time with me. Says, huh, I need some Dan in my life. And we hang out. But when you do that, then women start, you know, oh, you only want to be around me when it's convenient, and it's like, no, no. See, that's not what I'm saying. I want you to make time for me. Uh, I don't. Know if you, we've talked about the five love languages before, you know, and mine is acts of service. And to me, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes those services are expensive. I I don't need gifts, and I don't need words of affirmation. You don't need to tell me you love me and stuff like that. But for me, affection or or caring comes from when somebody says, hey, man, I'm running by the store. Do you need anything? You know, like that means a lot to me because you're you're now taking time out of your day. And time is, quite frankly, the most valuable thing any of us have, because it is very, very finite. And and honestly, Doug and Adam have, have both done that. Right. And to me, that shows that they give a fuck when they say, hey, man, I'm I'm running to Target. Do you need anything? And then they'll they'll go out of their way to run by and and drop the things off, you know. Um, that means more to me than, than a lot of other, uh, examples of, of how people care. You know, some people need physical touch. I'm not a, I'm not much of a physical toucher. My ex-wife was like that and I'm not, and that did create issues. Um, so yeah, I just want you to spend some time with me once in a while and, and then live your life. (laughs) That's, that's kind of all I need from somebody. But that's hard to find because people, women seem to want an all or nothing, and not all women, you know, understand that when we say men and we say women, we're not stupid. We we realize that we don't know what every man and woman is on the planet is thinking. God, what a fucking nightmare that would be. Uh, yeah, we are generalizing it all
1: right here, <laughs> <laughs> right?
0: Exactly, we're like nope, um, or ooh, that's gross. It's it's generalizations, you know. But yeah, like I said, it was just a funny, it was just funny because it, I saw the video and then I kind of giggled and I was like, "Huh, ah, Doug. <laughs> and then that turned into sort of an epiphany moment of, ah, oh, wow, Doug's kind of had this fucking right for a long time, actually.
1: The hardest <clears throat> part about dating women for me is like trying to figure out how to extract the carbon sample and get enough of it that it's actually like testable.
0: Well, you first, you got to cut them in half and count the rings. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Oh, I thought you could use... Um, okay, my bad. Hang on. We'll write that down.
0: For those of you that law got lost there, carbon dating. Get it? Carbon dating. Dating them to... Never mind, guys. That's...
2: Yeah. You we're out how we're old sorry. They are with We the, apologize. The <laughs> we apologize for Adam's behavior. Um, that joke needs a cast and two crutches. It was fucking lame. <laughs> <laughs> it's limping.
0: Um, speaking of limping, for those of you that have been keeping up with my saga uh, since February of of this year. Um, you know, I got the vasectomy because I thought it was the right fucking thing to do. Um, I had been talking about getting a vasectomy even when I was married. Um, my ex-wife was always having to fuck around with implants and to estrogen and all that fucked up stuff, you know, and, and I just, I hated it. I thought, I oh, could get a vasectomy and be done with it. And then she had some issues that caused she she wound up getting surgery and having her fucking uterus removed and all that stuff, you know. So that kind of didn't make it, wasn't necessary anymore for me to do it. But uh, you know, a couple years after our divorce or a year after our divorce, I was like, you know, I'm dating and whatnot. And the responsible thing to do at 45 when you don't want kids is get a vasectomy. I'm gonna have a vasectomy. And first few days was fine and then all hell fucking broke loose. Now what I haven't told a lot of people is that during the vasectomy uh, when he did the right side, I had an excruciating pain uh, shoot up through my abdomen and up into my chest. And the guy he's like, Oh, did you, did you feel that? No, doc. I just felt like doing a little boogie on the table. You know, I felt like dancing. Um, Been having trouble ever since. Right. A lot of, lot of pain, a lot of uh, uh, complications and, sort of feeling emasculated because I can't, I can't pick things up off the floor. I can't, I couldn't even clean my, my Jeep out the other day. I was trying to clean stuff and just twist it and turn and was like, Oh God. Ugh. So it got really bad a couple of weeks ago. I think I may have mentioned on the last podcast. Um, no, no, I think it was in between anyway. Um, went to urgent care cause I was worried about maybe like appendicitis. Like maybe I was, you know, a red herring kind of thing. And, um, uh, so I go and they're like, Dan, I think you have what's known as ing- an in- I can't even say it an inguinal hernia, I N G U uh, I N A L, not penguin, not a penguin hernia. My her- my penguin is fine. For those who are wondering, but
1: your guinal is uh, but my torn guinal,
0: out. yeah, my guinal on the other hand is fucked up. So in a nutshell, <laughs> nutshell, uh, my. Intestines have burst through the abdominal wall on the right side and they're encroaching into my scrotum. They're actually pushing down into <laughs> my sorry. scrotum. No, not it's funny. Fine. It's it's, it's not funny. It's not, but as a man, you have two options when you hear that. You can either scream in <laughs> abject horror or you can laugh. And we've known each other long enough, you can laugh.
1: But if you um, laugh, I feel like it might irritate the nut. It
0: it actually does a little bit, <laughs>
1: yes. So,
0: but I like to laugh. You know, landing the punchline is life. Um, the right side is trashed. Uh, the intestines have come through the wall and are and are in the scrotum. The left side is starting to come through. These are uh, hereditary. They're genetic. Uh, it's it's part of the inguinal uh, channel not closing as a as a infant men. That's where our testicles drop down. Is you know, when we're babies and in some people they just don't close. Right. I'm pretty sure my dad had the exact same thing. I remember he did have hernia surgery like 20, 30 years ago. And um, I'm pretty sure it was the same thing, but uh, yeah. So my intestines have basically fallen out of my, my abdomen and are uh, trying to take over uh, my scrotum, uh, trying to gentrify my scrotum apparently. Perfect, um, <laughs> right? Try to make a, a nice little. uh lower you're gonna be a fucking Starbucks
1: inside <laughs> your nuts. <now. laughs>
0: Can I get a whipped nut-a-chino? Um Please don't whip my nuts. Uh, so yeah, I've had sonograms. I've had the whole nine yards. You know, I'm I'm relieved that I finally know what it is. I'm still in a lot of fucking pain. I'm irritable all the time. Uh, I don't feel. Yeah, I but feel now you're shit. in pain. But
1: yeah, right, yeah, but
0: now I'm in pain on top of it. <laughs> um, anyone who knows me will get that joke. Uh, and I'm waiting on surgery. So it's uh, just figured I'd bring some closure to those. Because I do, I get, I've gotten messages and people
1: like, you know. I hope they bring some closure to your abdomen.
0: Yeah, it literally. But I'm, you know, little, little mesh, a little stitching, a little laparoscopic. It'll be fine. I ran yeah. into a doctor on when I was at the hospital the surgeon, the guy could tell I was confused because they're always doing, it's kind of like, you know, on the highway where they're always doing construction. Every time I go to a hospital, they're doing construction and they got the plywood walls up and the plastic. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know where I am anyway. And this guy, even with my mask on could see my confusion. He says, first time here. I said, yeah, he said, oh, man, follow me. Come on. Where are you going? And I told him and he's like, Oh, what's going on? And I told him the story and he's like, Oh man, he's like, uh, hernia surgery for inguino oh man easy peasy man nothing to worry about you know i'm like <laughs> easy peasy um it, so he's like yeah if you could do the vasectomy you can do this you know et cetera. Et cetera. and uh but people from the have heard the listen to the podcast and, and hit me up and one guy was like man i was going to get a vasectomy he said and you've kind of like fucking petrified me Uh, I do want to say that the entire time I've said, Hey, don't, don't let my experience keep you from getting one. If you think it's the right thing for you to do, get a good doctor. I'm not thrilled with my urologist. They kept telling me I was fine. And I feel like a, a hernia, especially when, when I felt that pain on the table. Um, he should have been aware of that. Uh, I would say if you have hernias that run in your family, go get a sonogram, spend the money and get a sonogram before you go get cut. Cause when they're in there messing around with the, the vas deferens and all that, the way that it all runs, you know, he probably tore my abdominal wall when he was in there. It's not his fault. I'm not mad. I'm not looking to sue anybody or anything stupid like that. It's just, you're, you're in there dinking around and <laughs> did you like that? And and they're in they're fucking there, dinking and they're fucking dinking around with my fucking male. No, no parts. And he he probably exacerbated something. This was going to happen most likely one way or the other.
1: And it, he did what uh, to your male no no parts? He
2: he exacerbated them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did. And for the uh, record, yeah. there's a lot of people that uh, do the shit in the reverse order that you did. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Or get them done at the same, at the time. same time. Yep. Uh, uh, I work with a guy who said, "Yeah, wait, what?" In,
0: hmm. When they go in to do the abdominal surgery, the, to put the mesh in and all that, while they're in there, because of location and whatnot, they will actually just do the
1: vasectomy <laughs> as well. They're like, hey, while you're in there, can and you do this? we're in there. <laughs> yeah.
0: <it's>, yeah. <laughs> we work with a guy who had that done, so I'll tell you. That's awesome.
2: It it's, uh, you know, for in the surgery world, it's like if you're getting the inguinal, uh, or however it's pronounced, if you're getting that yeah. surgery, Uh, done oftentimes they'll say well if if you want a vasectomy while we're at it it's kind of easy I mean Mm -hmm. it is literally the surgical version of
1: would you like fries with that yeah pretty much yeah (laughs) tack on the uh, vasectomy package to the uh...
0: (laughs) yeah would you like to would you like to add the vasectomy package while we're in there Yeah, and... It's like uh,
1: signing up for a cruise. They just try to upsell you on it.
0: <laughs> would you like to check for kidney stones while we're in there? Like, yeah, fuck you it, why have not? should have got them to put some
2: RGB in your nuts while you were there.
1: That would, <laughs> wait a minute. Yeah. Wait, 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 well, wait, when, wait, wait, wait. Everything... Is that an option?
2: Right, exactly. Is that an option?
0: Is that Bluetooth? Like, how does that work? I
2: don't know. Yeah, I mean just tie it into one of those Hue apps on your phone, you know? <laughs> and then, you know, when you've when you've got everything straightened away and you're in the correct emotional place. I, I would like to say that out loud considering the earlier conversation. Uh when you're in the correct emotional place, you could give one of the ladies that, you know, is Helping you out a little disco show while she's down there.
1: Boots, boots, or boots, that could boots, be boots. your like 10 second like alert. Okay. <laughs> just have it like
2: like a,
0: a, a red light, yellow light, green light. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just thinking it brings a whole new meaning to blue balls. Okay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, you could if they, they start turning blue for real, But, like, whoa, sweetheart, we gotta we gotta slow down. Which that is actually swelling of the testicles, right? Because you get blood flow going down. And, um, I have had blue balls since all of this transpired. And I will tell you that I have always suffered from horrible blue balls when I get them. Um, but when your intestines are also encroaching into your fucking scrotum, it's just that much worse. So it's like, sweetheart, you're going to have to do something here. Cause I can't keep fucking around. Um, one of the women that I was dating, she used to like reach over and try to grab me and shit while we were driving. And there was one night I seriously thought I was going to puck- fuck put an elbow in her face and I'm not a violent man. I'm not trying to, you know, domestic violence is terrible, et cetera, et cetera. But when I have told you six fucking times, don't touch my testicle on that side and you do it anyway, I start to get a little knee jerk violent.
1: So start to get a little testy. I, I, <sighs> I'm not even, I
0: can't boo you on that one. Cause that was oh. good. God. No, that was good. That was legitimately good. So Yeah, but
2: it, it's like you know, it's a dad joke.
1: It was perfectly Adam.
0: <laughs> perfectly Adam. That I'm one for 27 podcast, now. That should be your new podcast, Perfectly Adam. <laughs> but you know, it's and 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 she I'd like to say she didn't understand, but when somebody tells you don't touch me fucking a dozen times, but that's that's how sore and painful I have been is just Putting your hand on my crotch while we're driving, which is not something that bothers me when I'm not, you know, physically in horrible fucking pain. Um, but that's where I've been these days. I mean, it's just for, for the guys, it's like somebody has been stepping on my right testicle for the last almost year. And people say, yeah, well, that's, why didn't that's you? my
1: bad. I was just playing,
0: man. Well, and you got big feet, buddy, but somehow you managed to just hit the one. People say, well, why, why have you waited so long? that's a combination of things, right? I, I kept calling the urologist and they kept saying, no, 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 just wait, take the oxy fucking ice and ibuprofen. That's my joke now is because every time I'd call them, they're like, oh, ice and ibuprofen, brah. I should not have to live the rest of my life eating kidney crushing amounts of fucking ibuprofen and freezing my right nut on the day. Like (laughs) just should not have to live like this. This is not right. I even considered having my, my right testicle removed at one point I was looking into the surgery and what it entails because the fucking pain was just insane. Now I know it really wasn't the testicle. It was above it. But of course, when you have swelling and all that, cause guys, I think, I think guys think that we've got these nuts in there and that there's just all this room and space. Like, you know, look at all this room for activities in here. And it's not like that. It's, it's full guys. There's no room for neighbors, especially not your intestines. Right.
1: Yeah. So you're saying you got a full sack. I do have a full sack right now. Ladies, I've, got, I've got
0: 10 pounds of intestine in a five pound nut sack. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it is basically where we're going with it. So again, like I said, for, for anybody that's been listening and been, cause like I said, I do know there are a couple of guys that, that have listened to the podcast and have discussed it with me. Uh, just, you know, use your best judgment. And if, if hernias have run in your family, if you've ever had any abdominal pain that you couldn't explain, if it wasn't cramps or, you know, cause you ate something weird, you know, but if it felt like that, like you got kicked in the nuts and it's kind of chronic, don't fuck around. If you still think you want to get a vasectomy, get one, but get the sonogram, save well, the money.
2: It's Cause I assure you
0: there's no amount of money that I wouldn't pay right now to get this fixed.
2: Well, get, the, get your nuts checked into, and then get that fucking combo spinning rims RGB. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm
0: pretty sure that's exactly what my surgeon called it, too. Actually.
1: Yeah, the Pimp the, My Nuts package. combo spinning rims.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Brother, I've been pimping my nuts out for about 30 years. I'm just saying. <laughs> or trying to, anyway. Hey, ladies. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I know, but still. Seriously, come here. Come here. Hold still. Um, yeah so that's been my that's been my life for the last uh, uh, eight nine fucking months. I do not recommend it, uh, it kind of it's kind of fucking terrible, but getting there of course you know wait until the end of the fucking year holidays and all that so
1: yeah it's nuts <laughs>
0: you've made that joke so many times <laughs> and I still laugh at it, but I think at this point I'm laughing at it because it's fucking awful. <laughs>
1: So it's nuts because it's testicles
0: beyond the fact that uh, that you've got your own uh, YouTube channel now, which it's kind of interesting because it's kind of it's kind of like a podcast for people with ADD because he plays video games and then just talks about a subject
1: (laughs) unrelated subject, right?
0: Because he can't focus and fucking talk at the same time. But I get that. Um, it's kind of, it's interesting and I like it and I think it's a neat, um, I'm sure you didn't come up with the concept, but it's, um, I think you do it well and, uh, I think you should keep doing it, but it is, it's interesting because you're, you're focused on something while the person's talking. And again, for people with ADD, that's quite necessary. Um, but you're also doing some stuff, you're doing some writing and stuff, aren't you? Doing some some Seth Rogen ish type stuff.
1: <laughs> oh yes, yeah. Me and my buddies are writing a sketch comedy show called Special Delivery. And uh, yeah, we're we're getting there. At first we got all our scripts done for the first season, and we're just we got to tighten everything up now and figure out you know the unfun stuff like scheduling and filming and shit like that.
0: So that's what I was going to ask. Is it going to be? You know, like a an, obviously it's going to be online, but is it going to be YouTube? What are you, how are you doing it?
1: Yeah, they're they were talking about doing like a YouTube series. Um, I didn't really come up with the concept; they just wanted me to help write and stuff. So um, I'm writing and kind of giving everyone notes on their writing and just helping like make the scenes good. And then I think they're going to take most of the filming into their own hands. It's mm-hmm. like s- five or six of us, so. Um, yeah.
0: No kids in the hall. Depending on
1: how, how logistics. Yeah, exactly. Or, uh, why does kids, why does kids, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just logistics. Like I can't really, uh, they were like, do you want to help film it? And I was like, well, I mean, we're (laughs) like 1500 miles away and I don't think I have a telephoto lens that'll reach that far. So,
0: no, but it might be fun for you to do, you know, you could incorporate that. Right. And in the sense of being, being remote, not being there, you could still come up with skits where, you, you know, you could play bit parts and things like that, and just edit it in.
1: You know? So, oh yeah, like little in between bumpers or something like yeah, that. Yeah,
0: exactly. Just do dumb shit like that, or you know, be a news anchor in the background, or a guy in the background, or just you know, some shit like that. So I, I think there's ways of there's definitely ways of doing it. You know, I've been playing around with editing. I bought a drone and. I've got – I bought a second GoPro and when we take the Jeeps out, I, I film a lot and it's cool because there's – I'm with folks that appreciate it. Like they, mm-hmm. they think it's cool and when I go, man, you know, what would be neat if we do that? They're like, yeah, 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 put the rig here and, you know, I'll stick the rig on other people's Jeeps and shit. But anyway, as I edit, I'm starting to understand how it works and, and you know, what, what people are doing. So, yeah, I definitely think that you could kind of insert yourself into some skits, sort of like a Pete Davison type thing, you know, where they just <laughs> they give him a minute just to pacify him,
1: you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, I think um, I'm going to help edit because I really love editing and they like no one else in the team really likes to do it. So yeah,
0: it's fun and it's an art form. And it's if you're good at it and, you know, like right now what I'm trying to work on is doing uh, dual camera um angles where you're you're bouncing like a, a scene is running from you know start to finish but it's bouncing in between cameras yeah and on the same subject and it's actually not that easy <laughs> even in premiere they're like oh, here's what you do 47 steps later you're like god bless
1: um, yeah that's what the slapstick shit is for Uh um, right. yeah you know like and i didn't movies. know that
0: all those years and what he's talking about is that that tile that they put in front of the the clapboard or whatever
1: you want to call it. Yeah. Yeah, And
0: they say, you know, scene three, take 14 clap that clap. Later on, you can use that to start to line up audio, to line up scenes later on, uh, et cetera. And that's kind of what I was learning. And what I'm thinking about doing is buying one of those, uh, dog clickers that you use for training dogs. They're Ah, loud metal click noise.
1: And basically
0: click it a couple of times when I hit the cameras and then see if that'll line things up. But editing is editing is a lot of fun and it's also the most horrible fucking thing in the world.
1: It just takes a lot of time. That's my that's my least favorite part of it, is that like you'll start editing and then you look outside and it's like 3 (laughs) AM. Hey Dan.
2: You know, any yeah. I mean the lowest. Tech way that you could conceivably do that and make it right because the whole thing with the the I, I don't know what the damn doohickey is called but when they close the thing it's like when they're lining up that audio in that video it's they're lining up that motion with the audio so as opposed to a clicker you could just fucking clap
0: just once well bah! yeah the the reason I wanted to use a clicker is because typically I've got one of the cameras on the side of my Jeep so I want something really loud. and and that will punch through and the way that like Premiere works is a little bit different. You're, you're right about how they, how they line stuff up. The way that Premiere works is that it just takes that click and lines it up and then it shifts everything around to, to match that. But you're right. I mean, a clap in certain, certain scenarios, a clap would absolutely work. Yeah. Just Um, a
1: loud percussive sound. That's all you really need. Yeah.
0: Yep, anything that peaks that the uh that the program can go in and say, Yep, this matches right here verbatim. I did it with um so I did a recording, I, I sing and I did a recording of uh Stone Temple Pilots uh what the hell's the name of that song. I don't remember.
2: But anyway, I what wanted it, to record like Interstate Love Song. Interstate or love
0: song, yeah. And I wanted to do the um I wanted to do a video of it. So I put my GoPro up and I recorded it into the, you know, I sang the song to a track and then I was like, Oh fuck, how am I going to sync this? You know? Well, I realized that since the audio was on the GoPro, I throw them both into premiere. I throw the audio track that I created and then I throw the GoPro track in and it basically just found the singing and matched it up. And when you watch the video, you can't tell that I'm not, you know, that it's not all somehow linked together. It's really neat, man. Technology has, um, I mean, that's the kind of thing that 20, 30 years ago would have taken a camera crew and, yeah. you know, uh, a fucking team of people to just do a recording of me singing a song that wasn't, you know, live. Because I, when I do these recordings, I, I, I call them live recordings because they are, meaning that I just do one take into, yeah. um, I think, what was I using? uh Audition, no, I wasn't using Audition. What's the oh Reaper? I was using Reaper. Um, but since I started playing with Premiere, I am. I have oh no, you're right. I did use Audition. I'm sorry, I did. Um,
1: dude, Audition's nice because you can uh have a project. Um, we're kind of nerding out, probably losing a lot of people a <laughs> little
0: bit, a little bit.
1: You can like take a project and have like your vocals and then the backing track. And then you can export it directly to Premiere as stems and then it'll bring yep. them in already lined up into Premiere. It's 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 fucking slick.
0: Yep. Adobe has Adobe really. I know people hated the the model that they went to with the subscription. Well, before um, that,
1: everyone was just stealing it. So. They really were. And,
0: <laughs> and the thing is, if you look at what it costs versus what you're paying for the subscription, really all they're doing So they they realized that people upgraded like every three years or some shit like that. Right. And, and the way that they came out, they dropped new versions and new features. So what they did is they broke that up. They said, okay, we charge $600 for it over three years. It comes out to this much a month. And that's what they're doing. You're basically just kind of buying it, you know, on payment. But what's really cool about it, what people I think fail to realize is like, I use Lightroom a lot and when they drop a new feature or a new button or a new slider, I just get it. I don't have to buy a new yep. thing to get the new features. It just is, you know, it's Lightroom 2020, Lightroom 2021, et cetera, et cetera, and, and Photoshop and Auditions and Premiere and all that. So I pay for the creative suite. And oh, look, I'm not going to do anything with it as far as somebody mentioned something about my videos the other day and they're like, man, you should find a way to, to make money with this. And I was like, Oh no, 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 no. That's the exact opposite of what I want to do. I tried doing that with photography. I tried doing that with music and it ruined both of them for me. So Adam and I had a conversation about this. He said, uh, cause I do TikTok," and he said, Hey man, when you're doing, when you're doing your TikTok, do you, um, do you like have a purpose or are you just doing this for yourself? You just having fun? He said, cause your stuff's pretty good. And I said, no, I'm just having fun. Dude. I I have no, I don't care if people like it. I don't care if I'm just having fun. And I like sharing that stuff with people. Yeah. And we've talked about that, like with music and stuff. And I told Adam, I said, don't worry about making music to, for other people. Don't worry about making music for, to make money. Just fucking do it because you have a need to do it. And that's what he does. And you will always have more fun that way. And I think you have just as much to just go back to the very first thing we talked about. Right. Um, I think that as long as you continue to make music, you're doing one step more than a lot of people you're making music, you know? And as long as you just keep making music, you're you're doing more than the guy that, like you said, might might have great beats and 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 great rhymes and lyrics and stuff like that, but just doesn't do dick with them. Or, you know, I knew plenty of musicians when I was in the scene that were so much better than me and were phenomenal musicians and whatnot, but they either had like this skewed idea of what they were worth or this skewed idea of what the industry was, or they just hated the fucking industry. And there I was, I tell people all the time, I'm not a great bass player, but I'm a hell of a fucking showman. And I had people wanting to steal me from the band I was in just because they liked the way that I presented myself on stage. And I'm a solid bass player. I'm a root note bass player kind of guy. I'm not, I'm not fancy. I don't know a bunch of scales and shit. Um, but I was out there doing it every weekend. You know, we, all, we,
1: we talked about this before. That dude that like does super technical shit that no one actually wants to hear.
0: <laughs> yeah, musicians for musicians. Yeah,
1: right? and and the I used bass to player's bass player.
0: Right, meaning <laughs> that the only person that would appreciate what that bass player is really doing is another bass player. Did you see the way he did that fucking mixolydian Z? Man, it flat? sounded like
1: shit, but it was pretty impressive.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it made my brain hurt a little bit, but yeah, it was cool. Um, the guy, like, but then you get guys that are very technical. Um Guys like, uh, for me, uh, Ryan Martini from uh, uh Mudvayne. The shit he does is fucking stupid, but it sounds great. Like, it just fits the songs. Does he um, always
1: perform with, like, a little olive garnish?
0: He has an olive stuck in his head. Yeah, that's, it was a terrible olive accident that happened in Olivet, Missouri. And uh, to yeah. all of the band. To all of the band. <laughs> Why is Jesus it that the Christ. youngest guy in in this fucking group is the one that comes up with the best dad jokes? Why is that?
1: Well, none of I mean we're all even, right? Because none of us are dads. Well uh, Doug is. Yeah, yeah, that's
0: right. Um I mean, technically speaking,
2: for the record.
0: Doug is.
1: Um Damn it, Doug, jo- you gotta step your game up.
2: <laughs> good dad jokes are hard um so you know 97% of dad jokes that are thrown out there uh just like the one that you just did regardless of whether you can see me or not my immediate reaction is to hang my head <laughs> perfect and, you know because while you guys are sitting there talking about music and movie production and all of that shit see I'm not creative on that side comedy is my thing and then, like you, it's 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 like I feel like you're just poking me on the cheek. The turn. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it it's like Mister Hanky just gave me a kiss. That's what it feels like.
1: Perfect. That, Come on, I, buddy. That's almost a hundred percent what I'm going for. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh,
2: that's the sad part. I'm already aware of
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> I you know it's funny. I was um. I, I like to laugh and I love landing the joke, you know, and, and sometimes God knows that I, I go there when I should be being serious instead. Um, and I was looking through pictures of myself and I thought, my God, man, for a dude who loves to laugh as much as I do, I don't smile very often in pictures. Um, even with fixing my teeth, I still don't smile that much. And when I, it's funny because even with the, the fixed teeth now, um, or teeth getting fixed, I guess um, when I smile, I still look at myself and I feel like a fucking psychopath. Like I look at my pictures and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm smiling, and it
2: kind of freaks me the fuck out a little bit. So, well, like here we are. Either. Here we are doing a podcast, which is audio only (laughs) and uh i really do not like the sound of my own voice because it sounds wrong and you know there's scientific reasons behind that yeah but i've had people and it's mainly ladies who like a southern accent tell me that my (laughs) voice is sexy and it's like I just I just can't hear it. I you know it's it's like you know I don't hear me and go. Yeah, that's fucking Burl Ives right there. That's you know, not <laughs> Burl Ives. What the fuck?
1: Well, you I have know, no idea what the <laughs> I'm like, I'm googling. A Barry Google. White,
2: a Bull- Burl Ives, a uh, you know somebody because it's like you know when I think somebody has a voice that I would like to have, say like Orson Wells, nice deep baritone you know, kind of, kind of voice. Cause you know, it, it, it sounds very masculine and I like the way it sounds. I wish I sounded like that.
0: Oh, I hate my voice. I, I i hate everything
2: about my voice.
0: It's, I feel like at any moment I'm just going to have a, a Tourette's like tick and go <laughs> actually,
1: <laughs> so, I'm kind of the same way. I, I also hate Dan's voice. Yeah.
0: So, you know, it's, that's two out of it, it's like 66.6% of the people on this podcast hate me. Uh, r- so.
1: Repeating, of course. Repeating.
0: <laughs> Dot Stick. <laughs> um, yeah. So, But you're right. There is scientific evidence as, as to why. And some people don't dislike the sound of their own fuck. I know some motherfuckers that seem to love the sound of their own goddamn voice. You know, you just want to walk up and be like, you. You love the sound of your own voice.
1: You just you, walked Sparkle. up, talked to me for an hour and didn't say a fucking thing. Like, is there something that you needed?
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I can't confirm for the record. So people don't think that Doug is just being like, like strangely arrogant about the, the, the lady thing. But, um, I actually know of someone, she's probably in her late twenties, if I'm correct. And she hit me up and was telling me that, uh, she's like, Doug's voice is fucking sexy, which, Of course, I find amusing because it's Doug and I don't find Doug sexy. Sorry, Doug. It's just time that you know that. Damn. Works for me. Well, I mean, it's the whole penis thing, right? Yeah, we've Uh, had this
2: conversation more
0: than once that, you know, Doug and I would be a great couple if we could just both get past the penis thing, Um, Because, unfortunately-
2: There are certain philosophies that I have, one of which, while we're talking about relationships, if I was in a good relationship with someone and they came home and they were in a bad mood and they have had this really shitty day, it's like, what do you want? You want to talk? You want oral sex? What? Because it was like, I would be willing to just, hey, you know. (laughs) <laughs> it's like you had a bad day. All right, we're going to eat this thing. You're going to like it. You're going to have a smile on your face. and We're going to have a decent evening.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have it. We hadn't, we had no awkward silence in this one. So there had to be some, all right, ladies and gentlemen, that's our time.
1: It's really